I love the smell of napalm in the morning. You know, one time we had a hail bomb for 12 hours. When it was all over, I walked up. We didn't find one of them, not one stinking dink body. Smell, you know, that gasoline smell. The whole hill. Smells like... Victory.
this crooked game of power politics here in America, the Negro, namely the race problem, integration, civil rights issue, are all nothing but tools used by the whites who call themselves liberals against another group of whites who call themselves conservatives, either to get into power or to retain power. Among whites here in America, the political teams are no longer divided into Democrats and Republicans. The whites who are now struggling for control of the American political throne are divided into liberal and conservative camps. The white liberals from both parties cross party lines to work together toward the same goal. And white conservatives from both parties do likewise. The white liberal differs from the white conservative only in one way. The liberal is more deceitful, more hypocritical than the conservative. Both want power, but the white liberal is the one who has perfected the art of posing as the Negro's friend and benefactor. And by winning the friendship and support of the Negro, the white liberal is able to use the Negro as a pawn or a weapon in this political football game that is constantly raging between the white liberals and the white conservatives. The American Negro is nothing but a political football, and the white liberals control this ball through tricks or tokenism, false promises of integration and civil rights. In this game of deceiving and using the American Negro, the white liberals have complete cooperation of the Negro civil rights leader, who sell our people out for a few crumbs of token recognition, token gain token progress. I think we're good, yo. Time freely. James Howard Kunstler, the Clusterfuck Nation Zeitcast, only on Radio Zeitgeist. That, of course, being the late, great Malcolm X. Malcolm X. The national security state, the military-industrial congressional complex, that last word congressional, um, Dwight Eisenhower's son made him take out to play nice with the new Congress that was coming in in 61 behind John Fitzgerald, Jack Kennedy. These folks that are in the swamp now took out two Kennedys, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm. It's often been, um, I'll try to find this year for the live stream show some of the progeny of uh, Malcolm Shabazz's family. When I was a lefty kid in college, uh, the, you basically learned or, or you believe that um, Louis Farrakhan was like a cutout that the uh, national security state used to take out anyone that challenged the federal government, the Washington, Wall Street, corporate nexus, keep us divided any way possible. So they can do what they want. They stopped throwing us crumbs even now. It's time to retire the national security state, the military, industrial, congressional, pharmaceutical... You get it, all right? They're gone. Why? Because I goddamn said they're gone. They're done. All right? America, F yeah. Tom Friedley, James Howard Kunstler, today for the Clusterfuck Nation Zeitcast. Oh, and it's worth mentioning. Again, follow T-O-M-F-R-I-E-D-L-E-Y, Tom Friedley on Instagram. The best way right now to follow Tom, Jim Kunstler, 
uh, all sorts of folks as we take America back from the evil swamp, the National Security Administrative State. We take it out, Dr. King style. If that don't work, there's always Malcolm's by any means necessary. And before I get with a Thomas Jefferson quote that usually applies here, I'll stop now. All right. Today, the Clusterfuck Nation Zeitcast, Radio Zeitgeist. Um, oh, uh, this Friday, on top of the Driscoll, look for the YouTube uh, Locals Spotify live stream under Radio Zeitgeist channel on YouTube. It is Bat City Tejas. We have two bands, a band that is killing it right now of all young women. It, it, they're called Die Spitz. BFF will open and look for um, some other hijinks. Sometime, I'll, I'll keep on social media. Uh, again, keep with uh, Instagram. Maybe I'll do the Facebook page, find another way. But yeah, by this Friday, it's gonna be, we're going to be sponsored by Odoo.com. O-D-O-O.com. Such a great, excellent, easy-to-use online business suite. Even a befuddled jazz-drumming uh, entrepreneur, future bestie of Elon Musk, can do a killer website right, and stuff. So uh, even my new CT uh, chief technology officer was proud of me, Chris, Chris, uh, Chris Falone. Look, look, look for him to come on. I'm, he's got this story. <laughs> Yeah, both his ex-wives are suffering battles with cancer. <laughs> I should wait, but... So I think on the show I'm going to call him... Uh, his name is Chris Falone. He's going to be uh, Chris Deadly Phallus Falone. <laughs> no, Danger Phallus, that's it. Chris Danger Phallus Falone, look for him. He's a veteran, served his country proudly in Afghanistan. Good guy, he... He's about to got me talked out of a skydiving with him when we celebrate after this first round of financing here. So we'll see. So look for, look, look for that. In the meantime, again, James Howard Kunstler, Tom Freely, the Clusterfuck Nation Zeitcast for today. Jim's genius, yoked to my genius today, named Money Troubles. I know about that one. Mr. Kunstler, uh, all goes well. I'm going to try to get Jim to call in on Friday and tell us Hunter S. Thompson stories. So, uh, again, stay tuned. Just right now, the best way is just has to be Instagram, T-O-M-F-R-I-E-D-L-E-Y. Jim begins with a quote from Eugippius on Substack. All the real journalists have to go on Substack now because American media is American Pravda, unfortunately. We're on the case. As for the evil, it lurks in the interstices of our bureaucratic institutions, which, as they have grown in size and complexity since the 19th century, behave in ways that are increasingly impossible to understand and contrary to human flourishing. Again, this from Eugippius on Substack. Mr. Kunstler begins today, money is all theoretical until it's not. Paper money is bad enough, as France learned under the tutelage of the rascal John Law in the early 1700s. The nation was broke, exhausted by foolish wars, and heaped under unbearable debt. Monsieur Law, a Scottish genius wizard, the Jerry Lewis of political economy, Jim writes, landed in Paris, cast a spell on the regent 
Duke de Lorenz, set up a magic credit engine fueled by dreams of untold riches to come burgeoning out of the vast, new-found lands called Louisiana up the Mississippi River, and modern finance was born. The stock-in money schemes known as the Mississippi Bubble soon ruined France and put finance in such a bad odor that the word banquet could not be used in polite society there for a century to come. Monetary inflation became a thing for the first time since Roman days, a much easier trick with printed paper banknotes than with silver coins, but the effect was the same. The evaporation of wealth, which is what money supposedly represents. At the height of the crisis, trading in gold was criminalized, though that was so easily worked around due to sheer custom and habit that the crown had to re-legalize it. The frenzy from start to finish lasted only a few years, but the nation was set on the path that would eventually lead to revolution. Law ended his days dolefully running card games in Venice. Mr. Kunstler continues, Likewise, the creaking polity called the USA in our time spawned many new incarnations of John Law as it transitioned from being the arsenal of democracy, you know, making real things, to a land of make-believe, where unicorns galloped over rainbows, conjured by computer magic, and utopian wishes of equity, inclusion, and diversity. I edit Jim this morning. Love you, Jim, but it's so simple. Let's get it right. We're going to have Jordan Peterson on as soon as we can get him. It's DIE. <laughs> that's, that's the acronym, all right? Diversity, Inclusion, and Equity. DIE. Any culture that practices these is on the way out. Tom Friedley personally will not let that happen. Moving on, the overhang of previously amassed wealth kept those dreams going long after we discontinued the rough and messy business of making stuff and thereby generating real wealth. But now a klaxon blares, signaling the end of dream time, and the nation wakes up in a ramshackle house with the floor giving way under the bed. The rot was plain to see in the banking architecture built on U.S. Treasury paper, bills, notes, and bonds, Jim means, as rising interest rates undercut the price of all the debt paper issued previously at lower rates. And this was the collateral that banks generally held the depositors' money in. So when it became necessary to declare a problem with the balance sheet and cash had to be raised to cover it, the treasury paper could only be sold at a loss. Liabilities exceeded assets, word got out, depositors rushed to secure the money in their accounts, and that was all she wrote for Yon Bank. In this case, Silicon Valley Bank, the first to crumble. Since banks today exist in a vast matrix of interconnected obligations, promises to pay this and that, fear grows that the rot from one bank, such as SVB, will infect many other banks that are no longer able to keep their promises about paying this and that leading to a daisy chain of things not getting paid. For an economy, that's about the same as the blood ceasing to circulate in a body. The practice in situations such as this, say as in 2008-09, Jim writes, is for the governing authorities, who supposedly rule over the banking world like gods, 
to rush to rescue these outfits with liquidity money or representations of it as required to rebalance things or maybe provide the impression of rebalancing until something else can be figured out. The Jupiter and Minerva of American banking, Jay Powell and Janet Yellen, were faced with just that sort of call for divine intervention over the weekend as fear seeped into every nook and crevice of the money world that wealth was flaring away in the long period of conflagration out of the dumpster banking had become. Sunday morning, Ms. Yellen told CBS News, quote, bailouts, no way. But by the afternoon, Mr. Powell cried, quote, bailouts, way. And they had to get their story straight, Jim writes. They offered up $25 billion to bailout depositors for a smoldering system that will arguably require a trillion dollars or more of liquidity to quench the spreading fires. One thing looks for sure. The interest rate hikes that Mr. Powell spoke of so confidently only days ago just got stashed into his folder labeled, Forget About It. So the campaign to control inflation must now yield to the urgent need to create a whole lot of money to spray over those fires. You may have noticed that the value of your money has been slip-sliding away the past year or so. Peanut butter at five bucks a jar and all. The situation in hand kind of guarantees that we'll be seeing a whole lot more of that. And then the gods of money will have lost control of the interest rate console altogether. No more tweaking the broken knobs. More inflation will prompt U.S. Treasury paper holders to dump what they can while there's still some value to retrieve. But the U.S. has to issue more debt for all the bailouts and theoretical buyers of new debt will perforce bid up the rates to keep up with inflation. And yet, the U.S. can't possibly bear the burden of paying higher interest on its debt. Looks like the business model for running the USA is breaking down before our eyes. Luckily, Captain Joe Biden, always in quotes here, Joe Biden, Captain Joe Biden is at the helm of this steaming garbage barge. His conference room full of geniuses is ready with the solution to our predicament. The long-mythologized central bank digital currency, a dream come true for would-be tyrants, the Godzilla of unicorns, winning atop the biggest rainbow of all. The promise of endless magic money for everybody, forever. All you have to do is get it. Surrender your decision-making power over your own life. It's a bad idea, folks. The government will amalgamate your few remaining assets in a CBDC account, tell you exactly what to spend it on, and shut off your little card if you show any contrary impulses. Well, they can try it, he writes. I doubt it will work. Instead, the government will melt down in its own rancid puddle of insolvency. The metagrift will grind to an end, and it will be everyone for his or her, they self, in the broke-down palace of chaos for a while until things emergently reconstruct. Good job, Jim. Human nature is emergent. But I get a little ahead of myself. It's not even 10 o'clock on Monday morning. Oh, and then there's Ukraine. Oh, and then there's Tom, Jim, in Radio Zeitgeist.